Please pray with me. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think with them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. It's always the lawyers who cause trouble, isn't it? It's actually a slightly dangerous thing to say at a church like St. John's and in a city like Washington, D.C. I won't ask for a show of hands to see how many lawyers we actually have here in church today. But at least it wasn't Shakespeare who was writing today's parable. Do you remember what Shakespeare has Dick the Butcher say to Jack Cade in Henry VI, Part Two? He says, the first thing we do, let's kill all the lawyers. Jesus is much kinder to lawyers. And all I can say is that at least you are not a priest. We do not fare too well in our story for today. We're hearing one of the most beloved parables that Jesus ever told today, the parable of the Good Samaritan. It's been said that this parable is the best known story in the world, which seems like quite a claim, but but I think it may be true. Think of the ways that we use that phrase, Good Samaritan. We have Good Samaritan laws, hospitals and churches are named after the Good Samaritan, schools and nursing homes. There was an entire Seinfeld episode about being a Good Samaritan. There's even an international RV club and a credit union which use the name Good Samaritan. And that makes some sense, I think. It's a great story. Most of us know this story so well that we can tell it in our sleep. We all want to be a good Samaritan, and that's a laudable goal, I think. Who wouldn't want to be known for helping others when they are in great need? Here's the thing, and most of you probably know this. In Jesus' day, no one, and I mean no one, wanted to be a Samaritan. For the Jews of Jesus' day, the Samaritans were the enemies. The two groups disagreed about almost everything. They had different views on the proper way to honor God. Jews and Samaritans read different versions of the Torah. They had different ideas about the proper place of worship for Jews. The temple in Jerusalem was the holiest site for the Samaritans. Their holy site was on Mount Gerizim in the West Bank town of, of Nablus or Shechem, as it's sometimes called in the Bible. To the Jews, the Samaritans were aliens, they were foreigners, descendants of a mixed race, and they were viewed as ritually unclean outcasts. To the Samaritans, Jews were religious heretics. In short, in Jesus' day, no Samaritan was a good Samaritan. And for Jesus to suggest such a thing was a, a pretty scandalous claim. It's also interesting that that Jesus chooses to to raise up the Samaritans, given what what we read just prior to the story that we hear today. Two weeks ago, on June 30th, this is a bit of what we heard in the gospel appointed that day. It came from Luke chapter 9. We read, When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him, but they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. Two of Jesus' disciples, James and John, are so incensed by the Samaritans' lack of hospitality that Luke tells us they ask Jesus if it's okay if they command fire to come down from heaven and consume them all. 
It's not exactly a neighborly response to rejection. That's what's happening right before our story for today. The Samaritans reject Jesus, and then Jesus, just a few verses later, holds up a Samaritan as a model of the faith. And I wonder if James and John were beside themselves when they heard Jesus praise the Samaritan. So let's get into the text for today. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus does that thing that he and other rabbis and religious leaders are famous for doing from time to time. Instead of answering the lawyer's question, he responds by asking a question. He doesn't start quoting the scriptures to tell the lawyer what he must do to inherit eternal life. He doesn't say you have to say all of the right prayers, honor the Sabbath, tithe, serve the poor and the afflicted. Jesus doesn't say any of those important things. He responds with a question. Well, you, you are the legal scholar. What is written in the law? What, what do you say there? You can almost hear the lawyer responding to Jesus. Just give me the answer. The director, Woody Allen, you all know Woody Allen, I'm sure. He tells the story of a man who asks a rabbi, Why does a rabbi always answer a question with another question? And Alan says the rabbi thought for a moment and then said, why shouldn't a rabbi answer a question with another question? Jesus, this this wise young rabbi, this master teacher, answers a question with another question because he knows that it's a great way to teach. It can be frustrating for those who just want the the standard rote response, but by asking his own question, Jesus learns a bit more about what the lawyer believes. What is written in the law? And the lawyer responds, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. A plus, Jesus says, you've given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But the lawyer presses just a bit more. He wants to justify himself, the text says. And who is my neighbor, he responds to Jesus. And then we get that wonderful parable that we all know and love. There's a a man going down a very dangerous road from Jerusalem to Jericho. Some robbers grab him, they strip him, they, they beat him, they steal all of his money, they leave him for dead in a ditch. Suddenly a priest, we're told, appears, and when he sees the man lying there in the ditch, he passes by on the other side. Next comes the Levite, and he does the same thing. He, he walks by on the other side of the road. Finally, finally comes the dreaded Samaritan. He will surely pass him by. No, that's not what happened, Jesus says. He sees the man, and he is moved with pity. He runs over to him. He bandages his wounds. He anoints him with oil, puts him on his own animal, takes him to an inn, gives the innkeeper all of the money in his pocket, and promises to return with more money to pay the bill in full. Which one, Jesus says, which one was a neighbor to the man in the ditch? And the lawyer responds, the one who showed him mercy. Go and do likewise, Jesus says. It's such a good story. We all know it. We all love it. We all want to be like the Good Samaritan. It's just as applicable to life in Jesus' day as it is to life in our own day. When trouble arises, don't shy away. When someone is in need, don't cross the other side of the road. When when refugees are being locked in cages, speak up. Be like that hero, the, the Samaritan, and show mercy. 
Go and do likewise, Jesus says to us today. But is there a second hero in the story? I think so. I think the the lawyer is the unexpected hero of the story, at least for me. The lawyer in this story often gets a bad rap because he's, he's testing Jesus. He's, he's, he's testing Jesus, but he's asking the right question, I think. Who is my neighbor? And I wonder, I wonder what if he's, he's asking his question because he genuinely, truly wants to live a more intentional life. What must I do, Jesus? It's such a a good question and one I think that we need to be asking ourselves over and over again, especially when we don't want to. Who is my neighbor? It's such a good question. And if the lawyer is paying attention, it will set him on the right path. For it's in response to the lawyer's question that Jesus completely reframes the conversation. Notice again what he doesn't do. He doesn't take out a list and begin to name all of the people who might qualify as neighbor so that the lawyer can check them off one by one and meet all of the legal requirements for eternal life. Jesus doesn't do that. Instead, he asks the man, are you ready to be a neighbor? Are you ready to put all of that knowledge of God that you have into action? That's what Jesus is asking the man today. Are you ready to be a neighbor when the need arises? Then go and do likewise. Don't just talk about it, but be about it. Tom Long, the former professor of preaching at the the Candler School of Theology in Atlanta, tells the story of a, a famous experiment that was done with a group of seminary students several years ago. He recounts how researchers gathered a group of ministry students in a classroom and told them that each one of them had an assignment. Their assignment was to record a talk about the parable of the Good Samaritan. The thing was, the recordings were being done in a building on the other side of the campus, and because of a tight schedule, the students needed to hurry to that building. Unbeknownst to all the students, on the path to the other building, the researchers had planted an actor to play the part of a man in distress, slumped in an alley, coughing and suffering. The students were going to make a presentation about the Good Samaritan, but what would happen, the researchers wondered, when they actually encountered a man in need? Would they be a Good Samaritan? No. As a matter of fact, they were not. Almost All of them rushed past the hurting man. One student even stepped over the man's body as he hurried to teach about the parable of the Good Samaritan. Long concludes that we should not look down upon these seminary students who couldn't put the parable of the Good Samaritan into practice because neither can we. Simply knowing in our minds what the right thing to do is does not mean that we can do it. If we are going to be Good Samaritans, Long said, then this will mean more than a a change of mind. It will take a change of heart. That's what this, this famous beloved parable is all about, a change of heart. The lawyer had all the right answers, what must I, all the right questions rather, what must I do to inherit eternal life and and who is my neighbor? But he seemed to be asking because he was just a a good student who wanted to know all the right answers. But as, as Fred Craddock once said, having the right answers doesn't mean that one knows God. 
Right answers won't bandage the wounds of the dying man. Subscribing to all the right beliefs of the faith won't reunite children in detention centers with their parents. It's only when we put that faith into action that we begin to draw closer to that good Samaritan who is willing to stop, to, to put aside any of his prejudices, to, to lay down his long-held beliefs, and to be a, a neighbor to the man in the ditch. Thoughts and prayers is a a common refrain that we hear today when some tragic incident happens in our society. We're sending our thoughts and our prayers, we say. And let me just say, I'm all for thinking and I'm all for praying. Those are two things that are of great importance in my life and in my faith. I truly don't want to diminish that refrain, for sometimes that's all we can do in the face of tragedy, stop and say our prayers. But, But here's the thing, and you all know this, our prayers are meant to spur us into action. Our thinking and our praying are meant to cause us to respond. They're meant to change our hearts. I'm guessing that the priest and the Levite in our story for today, they were sending lots of thoughts and prayers to the dying man, but it was, it was only the Samaritan whose faith moved him to act in a neighborly way. Are you ready to be a neighbor? Jesus asks He's one, each one of us today. What must I do to inherit eternal life? It's the right question. It's a a good question. And the wise and faithful lawyer knows the right answer. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor. He's a good student of the law. And Jesus responds to him, Do this and you will live. Put your faith into action. Put your money where your mouth is. Walk the talk, Jesus says today. Do this. Draw close. Show mercy. Extend kindness. Don't just think about love. Do love, and you will truly live. Amen.